This is Bedside, a podcast series on a mission to debunk sex. I'm your host, Tatiana, and each week we'll uncover stories, ideas, routines, and expert information to help guide you on your ever-evolving journey of good sex. We believe that through democratizing sexual wellness, we can shift cultural taboos and make way for authentic and limitless access to pleasure, joy, and connection to the body. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bedside Podcast. I felt really called to record this episode today, really because I was having quite a reflection on just where I'm currently at, why I feel so in flow and just so much more alive than I felt in the longest time. I was doing some personal reflecting on this front and really sitting with this feeling that there was actually a lot of valuable advice and tips I could share on this topic because I certainly have not always been in a flow like this or like I mentioned, I haven't felt like this in a really, really long time. So I thought I'd kind of try and reverse engineer a bit how I got here and really what building and living a pleasure practice has meant for me and what it looks like for me and what it took to get here. So I figured this could be a really lovely process episode to share. I also find that there is a lot of rhetoric out there that is like, follow your pleasure, live in your pleasure. And it's such a great concept and intention, but I think a lot of people feel overwhelmed by that notion or don't quite understand what that means or what that looks like. So I feel like I wanted to even just come on here and demystify that a bit. In a funny way, the idea of following or living in your pleasure has always felt like, it's like, well, just follow your passion and do what you love. And I think a lot of people are like, well, what is my passion? What is it that I love? So it's always had that same elusive nature that I think that that phrase has kind of around like following your passion or unpacking your why. And it's really quite a journey and it's not always as simple as it looks or as simple as it sounds. So I figured like, let's really get into the nitty gritty of what it actually means to have a pleasure practice, how to get there, what the path there looks like, and also of course, weave in kind of my own story of getting there. So kind of starting in the present moment, the reason why I felt this calling to talk about this was, like I mentioned before, I really feel like I've been in quite a flow. And I alluded to this a bit online a couple weeks ago, where I just have felt like this summer has been so special to me and so integral to my growth and my happiness and my joy and a lot of things that I feel like I'm building up for future me to have around. I I feel like lately my phrase has been, thank you so much to former me for setting up 
this circumstance for present me and for future me. So a lot of my mottos lately have been like, get this done or do this thing because your future self is going to be so happy that you set it up. Even something as simple as like, I don't know, like emptying the dishwasher. I know that sounds silly, but current me is happy that past me decided to unload. So now it's like a dirty load and I can just easily put glasses away. (laughs) I know that's such a silly metaphor, but I think it applies in a lot of different cases. So the flow that I have been in has been something that I think concretely I set an intention around and therefore it kind of felt like it unfolded for me in the way that I wanted it to. And this ties a little bit into the idea that I'll get into soon around building a pleasure practice, which is that it feels almost innately spiritual. And I don't mean like religious. I mean, it feels like a deeper universal connection to my flow because I think flow state is a really interesting phenomenon. It's a phenomenon of positive psychology It's also known as being in the zone or it's a mental state where you're just feeling on top of it. You're performing at your highest level. You're fully immersed in the moment, feeling good, energized, focused. Your involvement is there. You're not elsewhere. You're not multitasking. You are monotasking. And it's just where you are in true alignment. And it can happen when you're doing an activity, when you're playing a sport, when you are having sex, when you're sexually aroused, when you are just in a creative state. This has been deeply studied about just how to better get into flow states, but to me, it always has to do with setting the intention to be in that state. It's not like I can just be like, okay, I'm going to suddenly go into flow today. It always has to do with kind of giving myself the mental space to be like, I know in an hour that I'm going to like enter this flow state. So this spring, I had this deep set intention where I was like, I am really looking forward to this summer to being a time where I just prioritize being in flow. Yes, I have priorities. Yes, I have obligations. Yes, I have things that need to get done and to-dos, but I really want to predominantly prioritize being in this hyper-creative hyper flowy space because I'm ready for it and it's funny because I actually believe that what allowed me to get to this place was actually probably being at a complete rock bottom about like a year ago now and kind of slowly immersing out of that. I alluded to this on a podcast episode and I got more into detail around it back in January when I was setting some like 2022 intentions and reflections and sharing what was going on with my mental health. And so basically emerging out of that space and coming into this intention that I set for myself in the spring to really live in flow, it was such this opportunity where I feel like I just made a choice, where I was like, I am ready to close doors and like step into my skin. And it's so interesting, like that has really been what it's felt like. Seeing for so long this next level version of myself and who I was and who I wanted to be. And I think finally being like, 
I'm stepping into those shoes and I'm ready and I'm prepared and I'm done thinking that I'm not ready for that. So I I think that my biggest lesson in getting into a flow state and really feeling so alive in the pleasure practice that I've built for myself has come from the notion of learning to be the one to fill my cup up first. And I just think that lesson unfortunately took me a probably a longer time than most to come to the conclusion to. But if you're like me and you are also coming around to this recognition, I think it is so profound. And I think a lot of us are raised under the guise of pleasing people and being a good girl or a good boy or whatever. And being and looking good to the outside world and managing and troubleshooting everybody else around you to make sure you know, you belong, get all that mirroring back at you. But I think I just had this crazy awakening around, you know what? I actually don't care what other people want or expect of me. I want to make sure that I'm the one filling my cup up first and that I'm living by my rule book first. And then I can see if I want or if I so choose where everybody else falls into the mix. And I know I don't mean this in like a harsh way. I think what I realized was that if I wasn't the one to fill up my cup, if I wasn't the one to fill up my schedule or my day the way that I wanted it to unfold, that it was going to inevitably get filled up with other people's shit, like work stuff or errands or friends calling to vent, whatever like the schedule would call for, right? And I think I recognized that my days were getting filled with so many other things that I would feel almost defeated at the end of the night, at the end of my day being like, well, I didn't get to do what I really wanted to do or what was really going to fill me up or make me feel alive. And it kind of was a bit of a reclamation around my time and my energy. And that is really what the aha especially around my own rock bottom because suddenly my time was open and I had availability that I had never had before and I almost didn't know what to do with it. I was like, oh my gosh, well, if I'm not managing XYZ, if I'm not troubleshooting this, if I'm not this to somebody else, well, then what am I? And it was almost like an identity crisis, if you will, but also this massive unraveling of how I've operated for so long. And now that I've come into this new skin and that I've stepped into this power, it feels like I'm living for me. And I am living according to my rule book. And it's not meant to be said in this selfish, narcissistic, me, me, me way. It's more like, how can I fill myself up so I can be of utmost energy, of utmost joy, of utmost compassion, just be in my true humanity, and then be able to share that with the world and do so in also a boundaried way where I don't have to leave myself feeling exhausted or burnt out or totally fried from, let's say, 
hanging out with someone who was just a complete energy vampire or working past dinner time and missing a meal and all these things that are overextending, just putting a line in the sand around what I know has historically overextended me and what I need when I know I'm going to be having a busier week to allow myself that bounce back and that like easy leeway. I feel like that's what I've been working on is this bounce back period being like okay life happens shit happens how quick can you bounce back and what parameters do you need to set and put in place so that your bounce back rate is quick right like I'm still I still deal with anxiety I still deal with stress I still deal with all these normal human things but it's like how quick can I bounce back from that and how can I also not let that define who I am So I would say kind of coming full circle here that the biggest step to building a pleasure practice is really this notion of learning to fill your cup first. And it's not necessarily like you need to have everything in place. I think it's more just figuring out what is it that fills up your cup and like getting an understanding of what your current lifestyle is like and kind of I almost envision it in terms of like percentages like how much percent are you giving and how much percent are you receiving and for me I was like giving 99.9 percent I was leaving 0.1 percent for me to receive and even in like the relationship dynamics I was in I was so comfortable being the giver that I never was the receiver and so in kind of this big evolution of mine I've really learned to almost now be like 50 50 50 like have this very equitable and equal exchange of energy and resources and rest and play and I think that's really what it comes down to is like analyzing where those percentages are and playing around with them and getting experimental I think that was what was really fun for me being like okay well if I do like this much how much bounce back do I need and so it was allowing myself to be fluid in that and not be like so rigid. So I say all this to be the opposite of feeling like you need to have a crazy regimen. And this goes back to that notion of like, well, what is following your pleasure mean? And how do I go about it tangibly? It's not this rigid thing that you need to follow. It's learning to become intuitively in flow with your body and what you need. And that's usually in the real time moments where you're like, oh my gosh, I really need this right now and prioritizing that. I also think the best way that I can describe this feeling that I've been living and experiencing is that I am sincerely turned on by my life and my lifestyle. And I think that is such a great goal to aspire to or a reframe to think of when you're establishing what that pleasure practice means for you. It's about figuring out what is that ideal lifestyle that you so crave that just turns you the F on. And I think like we just want to be turned on by life, by the people around us, by the experiences, by the circumstances. And it's creating a vision that lights you 
up that you can just follow and live toward because like I said if you're not the one carving that out for yourself someone else is going to fill up your schedule for you so your schedule and your time and your lifestyle is going to be full regardless it's just a matter of where you fall on the spectrum of being the one in charge of that and For me, I feel like I started in really baby steps and then it allowed me to kind of keep evolving. So it felt like like a little snowball gathering snow and growing bigger and bigger and bigger. And now it's like a full, (laughs) like it's ready to become a snowman. (laughs) Analogies today. Um, But yeah, so for me, I remember at the beginning of the summer, early spring, I had been saying for weeks on end that I really wanted to join a tennis clinic because it was something that really brought me joy when I was younger. I loved getting outside and just playing around with people and there's a really great clinic in my community and I've been dying to play. And so it was a really big leap for me at the time because I was going through some exposure therapies with my anxiety and it just felt like a way bigger thing than it has historically been for me in the past. So getting there was already like a big hurdle, but I knew that there was such a reward at the end. And it's so funny because now I go and I play tennis like three times a week with an amazing group of people who I've met. I don't even think about it. And I think part of it was just, and part of this flow was kind of setting myself up for things that I know and knew were going to be difficult for me to get into or a stretch for me to implement because I hadn't been in that routine in a really long time. But it's almost like I passed a test or like I was given a reward (laughs) for stepping into myself. And it's funny because since then, I've just been able to build and build and build on this like pleasure practice and this routine around play and rest and work and joy. And, And it's been this interesting like balance to strike. But I would say like starting small is the best way to go. And holding that bigger vision within your mind but then being able to task it out and just figure out what that first step is that you require because for me all I knew was that I had this vision for this life and lifestyle but for me the first step felt like okay how can I show up in the simplest way in my neighborhood like what is that thing and what is that action that I need to do and for me the only thing I could see clearly was okay, I think this first step is join this tennis clinic because I'm going to be able to get outside, move my body, get those endorphins going, play around, meet amazing people, and just have a good time, right? And show up for myself and show that I can do something that scares me. And that was the only step I knew. But now, however many months later, I've now been able to more clearly see those other next steps. Like, oh, okay, I'm going to show up to these trade shows. Okay, I'm going to show up to these events, meeting random people I've never met before. I'm going to, you know, and so I feel like it's allowed me to open the door to just keep going and expanding, but it started with that one step to take. And I'll get into like my calendar and give you actual tangible tips in a moment, but just to kind of round out this section that I'm talking about, it's really about getting turned on by your life and creating a vision that lights you up. So step one is filling your cup. 
and really the lesson of you've got to fill your cup before you fill anybody else's. And then step two is really holding this vision of what turns you on in your life. I would classify really this way of opening the door for yourself as working with flow and as working kind of with this universal guidance where you don't always need to know the end goal. You don't always need to push. You just need to take the first step. And I think one of the reasons why this concept is so novel too and building a pleasure practice and really like leading with more balance and pace in your life feels so renowned is because we live in such a masculine system. We live in a system that has been built for and by men and it's been built in a way that is mechanized and riffs off of the industrial revolution and it's permeated specifically American culture in such a way where it's almost as if this shift is a requirement because I found myself feeling like I always had to just push 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 and I feel like that's what led to my cup overflowing because I would just say yes I wouldn't say no I would just keep going 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 harder 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 and it just combusted it exploded and if there's one thing that I feel like our system has done us so wrong over is this it's this idea that we just are machines that we can just keep going and doing and we kind of have lost so much of the humanity and so it's felt like this like radical rebellion of mine to be like no I'm going to prioritize my pleasure even if it means disappointing someone even if it means not showing up as much in certain circumstances but showing up more in other circumstances it's taken an entire recalibration we've all been in this system this masculine system and we know it really well everybody knows how this system is run and so because we know it so well we can actually find those loopholes and break it a bit and make it work for us And the way I see it, so when I was in design school, we always referred to this concept called breaking the grid. So stay with me here, but a grid is basically, imagine a gridded sheet of paper. It's how you do a a graphic design layout, a paper layout. So if you were If you look at any magazine that you read, everything is created on a grid. There are margins, there are columns, everything is organized in a certain way and you learn how a traditional grid is built in design school. But what they teach you is to learn the grid so well that you can then break the grid. But if you weren't to know the grid and you just went in and with a blank slate and just started putting designs and type in different places without any intentionality, it's not good design. Good design is when you know the grid, you understand the grid, you've worked within it, and you know where you can bend the rules, but you're still working within the system. And that's how I see the pleasure practice, where it's like you know that our world doesn't is not conducive to following our pleasure. 
It is conducive to getting shit done and it's conducive to 24 hours, seven days a week, nonstop. And so we know this system well. So it's like, where can you get bendy with it? And where can you find the pockets to put in your pleasure and to fit it in? And then once you've found the loopholes, that's where you get to really plug and play. And to me, I almost I almost see it as like where pleasure is feminine energy and to do's are masculine energy. It's like, how can you take and harness the feminine energy and put it into that masculine system? And so this is how I do it. First and foremost, before even necessarily knowing what exactly it is you want to fill your calendar with, I think of it as the system. So go going back to this idea of percentages where it's like the masculine energy might be the work stuff you have to get done, the appointments that you have to go to, the errands that are needing to get done, just the to-dos, the hard concretes of your life. So that is like 50% of your schedule or whatever you decide the percentage you want is. It's up to the unique individual. Like I said, baby steps really help. So maybe it's like 75% versus 25%, but really then seeing this other percentage of the feminine energy, which is much more flowy, about rest, about joy, about pleasure, about not really having a crazy agenda. And you also get to choose the frequency of your calendar, right? Like if you do not have a lot of flexibility, if this is very new to you, maybe this is a once a week thing where you just once a week prioritize something for yourself that feels in your flow, that feels in your creative state. And I know I'm jumping way ahead of myself, but this is such a stream of consciousness episode, but I even kind of have these like middle ground blocks on my calendar that are technically more like to do masculine tasks, but I've blocked them out to be a bit more flow state. So I know if I have to design something, it still feels like an agenda item, but because there's some creativity involved in that, I kind of have been able to time block it as um, more of that like gray area flow state and not trick my brain to think that it's pleasure, but it's really helped me not feel like my whole day is filled with to-dos. So the way I do it, really, really simple. I color code my Google Calendar. And honestly, maybe I'll share like a screenshot in the show notes to like help bring some clarity to this, but I color code my calendar based off of tasks. I have different color categories between podcast recordings, between appointments, between creating social media content, all those sorts of things. I color code and block those out. But then I have this one category that I've personally called play slash rest, and it's green. And I have a couple other different categories. Like I actually, because I'm so scheduled out, I even put in like cooking and making meals and taking breaks for lunch and dinner and breakfast and all that sort of stuff those categories are also green they're just a different shade of green but for me I just make sure to look at my calendar every day and make sure that I have enough green in there so it's really simple and it's hyper visual 
So I can just be like, oh, I don't have enough green in here or I'm seeing a lot of another color. You know, where could I move that around and switch that or add in more green or maybe there's too much green. So I need to like disperse it more evenly throughout the week. And that is where I really get to just be in my flow. So I'm still getting my shit done, but I'm also allowing myself to take a 30 minute walk, walking break between something to get outside. I'm allowing myself to get my nails done, to go play tennis, to meditate, to rest, to do whatever I want to do. Sometimes I don't know what it is. I'll just block out 45 minutes and just lie on the couch and read my Kindle. You know, it's really allowing myself the freedom to have that blank space to allow myself to be in whatever flow I need at any given moment. Because like I said, sometimes you can plan as much as you want, but you'll just look at that day and be like, yeah, that's not happening. Like, I was really energized one day and I I thought when I was planning for the next week that I was going to have the same level of energy but to be honest like I'm having my period and I just absolutely do not have that within me so I think it's allowing yourself the freedom and the wiggle room to shift and malleate to those time blocks and I also keep a running list for when I know that the pleasure and play category on my calendar isn't planned. I have a running list where I keep all the things that bring me joy and allow me to be in my flow state and my creative state on hand and it's been so helpful because sometimes I'll be like well what do I do right now or I'll have like an inclination to like want to keep working or pushing through something but I will hold myself accountable to the rest or the play because I know that is at at the end of the day what is going to help with my bounce back and me not burning out and actually help with that hyper creativity more it creates intentional space between something so that I can go back to wherever I was with even more energy and this running list I encourage you to do the same and bringing I have it on my phone but it started out on with pen and paper and I think it's always ever evolving because I kind of translate what I write in my journal onto my phone but I would say really just like take a moment for yourself I would say honestly everybody's homework pleasure practice homework 101 Before you get into anything I've said, just put this week on your calendar 30 to 45 to an hour, however much time you have, grab out a pen and paper, your journal, and just make a running list of everything in your life that currently brings you joy or that historically has brought you joy. And this can be anything from things that you did as a kid. I know it might sound silly to like write it down, but just put everything down on paper and let it pour out of you because that will be the beginning of your resource that you get to look back on and you get to live by because for me I remember thinking wow I miss that imaginative creative boundless flow state that I had as a kid every single day I woke up with insane energy just ready to play and that was the joy of being a kid and that was my only agenda item to play until sun rise to sundown and and I think a lot of the times we lose that 
idea of play as adults we miss out on that and we get so serious around so many life things because yes life does get more serious but I think going back to these things and translating what once brought you joy to what that could look like nowadays is so inspiring right for me as a kid it was like arts and crafts I just went bananas over pipe cleaners and (laughs) beads and stickers and crayons and markers and it was just this idea of like splaying out all the art supplies and just seeing what I create and now in my adult life I have iterated that in a way that makes sense to me right like I will just bring out paint or I'll just like bring out beads because I've been really into like making jewelry lately and It's just been so much fun to like go back to those really innocent states and be like, well, where does that translate into my life now? So I think that is your number one agenda before you get into anything else that I mentioned, like just take some time this week, carve it out and make a running list. And then I translated it onto my phone and it's such a helpful place to start when I just have some time on my calendar that I put down for pleasure and it's fluid and I can just say oh you know what I'd actually love to do a yoga flow right now or I'm gonna go to Trader Joe's and get some really nice flowers and arrange myself a nice bouquet because it makes my week better and having just those things easy to access can be really helpful especially when you are in a state that's a little bit more stressed or if you're just in a super busy week and you're fighting to just kind of keep your head above water it's beneficial to have this list because you can really quickly look to it as a resource and be like okay yep this is it like this is standing out to me and I'm gonna go forth and do this one thing for myself Another amazing place to begin when you are kind of making this list for yourself is to not only look at what joy, what things bring you joy now or what things brought you joy as a kid or when you were younger, but it's also assessing what are those things that you do when no one's around or no one's really looking or if you weren't with a roommate or living with a partner, or spending your weekend hanging out with friends. If you were to spend your weekend 48 hours, 100% solo, how would you spend your time? Like that is the best question to ask yourself because you're like, oh my God, well, for me, I'm like, I would take myself on a date to a museum. I would get a glass of wine and I would journal at a cute, bistro and people watch and then I would go take a walk in the park like I would have a whole agenda and so I think understanding how you spend your pockets of time when you're alone or how you would desire to do so is a great place to begin as well when you're looking to make your pleasure practice list and so to bring this episode full circle I would say that this is really The practice that I've implemented in the past like four-ish months where it has allowed me to feel the most alive that I have felt in my life. It's funny because I keep wanting to say in years, but I keep being like, well, when was that? And I'm like, well, it's probably the most alive I've ever felt. And 
I'm feeling so inspired about it and so lit up about it and in a way it feels like I found this secret code that's not so secret and it's shifted my life in the best way possible. You know, if I can be the person who was the one who went through a dark night's soul to just get this memo clear, that is fine by me because I would love for everybody to just implement this and be able to live by this and you don't need to have crazy circumstances or a rock bottom happen to be able to start living this way. I think I just needed to be personally shaken to have this moment of realization where it felt like this lifestyle is actually not even a choice. Like I had to do it. I had no choice. This is what I was almost like universally forced into because I probably just wasn't listening and I kept pushing and the universe was probably for years was like, you should slow down and prioritize your pleasure. And I was like, what? Um, (laughs) You know, I am just really happy to be able to like share this with you and give you this notion because I've never felt more myself. I've never felt more energized. I've never felt more me. And I feel like I'm only just at the beginning of stepping into this power and stepping into my shell. It's almost like I just was a hermit crab who was shellless for a while and now I'm finding a bigger home and I am settling into it and it feels amazing. So I want to share that and spread that as much as I can. And I think the best way to start is to begin living by a pleasure practice. And I hope that I helped demystify it a bit and not make it feel like such an intangible thing. You are really the beholder of this and you get to carve your way for what it means for you. For me, it was leaning into being a receiver instead of always someone giving with my time and with my energy and with what I was up to. So I have found through this pleasure practice that I have just received a lot of guidance and a lot of rest and moments to refuel that I had never had before. This also was a big time for me to begin actually following my intuition, mapping out the vision that turned me on, that made me feel most alive, live this lifestyle that I am so incredibly in love with. And the visions are big, the goals are big, but even in these past few months, I've seen how much it's amounted to that I just can't not share how powerful this practice is. Like, if I can get this far in four months, if I can overcome this much and see myself out of a rock bottom and walk myself through, you can too. And so much is possible. It's just, it's very potent. And so give yourself the gift of this and share it with as many people as you can because it is life-changing. To tie this up in a bow, your first step around building a pleasure practice really comes from filling your cup up first and then following your intuition toward what turns you on in your life. What is that 
vision that lights you up and then assessing what it is that you that brings you joy that brings you pleasure that you do when no one else is looking or around and then begin to write that list down and take inventory of all those things and from there build in a pleasure practice into your calendar where you are allotting yourself dedicated space to be in your pleasure and your joy based off of that list that you wrote and it can be as much or as little on your calendar as you choose could be once a week it could be every day but choose a color for yourself if you're visual and you want stuff actually on a physical calendar where you actually can see how much of your pleasure practice you're bringing into your week or your days. And that way it can kind of hold you accountable in the simplest form. So I am beyond lit up about this. I just wanna pass on that feeling. I wanna give you that freedom to live your dream lifestyle, to operate your day according to you as much as possible it's just so amazing to be in this space so i hope this gives you bountiful inspiration and i'm really excited for you guys to try it out i honestly feel like i should make a quick download or like freebie around this on the website so stay tuned i feel like it would just be nice to have a worksheet or like a little guide to work off of and then I can show an example calendar or what like my gcal looks like so stay tuned if it's not in these show notes maybe I'll send out a fun email soon with that as an option so make sure to subscribe to our newsletter on thebedside.co so yeah I'm really thrilled for you I hope that this felt inspiring I hope that this felt enlightening toward what a lot of the rhetoric around having a pleasure practice is and I hope it kind of demystified and made it feel a lot more tangible and feasible for you to implement in your life so with that said I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and I will catch you next all right bye guys Thank you for listening to the Bedside Podcast. If you liked this episode and want to follow along with similar stories and interviews, be sure to check out our Instagram at The Bedside and thebedside.co online. Make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and of course, share with your friends. It's the best way you can support us and our good sex mission. Thank you for listening. <laughs>